Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Rabbit Hole Podcast. I am your host, CSD Fantasy. Hello, Fantasy Faithfuls, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Rabbit Hole Podcast. My name is CSD Fantasy, and I'm flanked by the one and only Nick Faber and the coin master, Matt. Man of the people, he's a better person than me. Last minute, Matt. Williams, how are y'all doing? Meh. <laughs> I'm actually doing pretty good. Good. I'm doing great over here too. Doing great. Y'all see you got the what what beer are you drinking today, Nick? Miller High Life, man. Always. Well not always. But. No, you had a, a Jamaican beer last time, right? Yeah, I was I was repping oh, going to bed. Uh, uh I was repping the red stride. A red yeah, stride. That's, red stride. That's a gum, isn't it? I think that's a gum. Red stride. Yeah. No, red stride. We were red talking stride about is a beer. Isn't yeah, it? it's Stride fantastic. Beer. Red Stride. Isn't that a gum? Or Stride is a gum. Trident? Trident? I thought there was Stride. Is, is, am, I, am I crazy? I don't I've never know. heard of this. I, I never heard of it. No, but we were talking about beer uh, ahead of the show. And uh, funnily enough, Red Stripe was the first beer that I like learned how to drink beer with. Red Stripe? Yeah. And oh. like they would mix it with like Sprite and just like, just, just drink it because I, I grew up drinking like vodka and stuff and not beer. So I wasn't used to it. I had to get used to it. Did you say you mix red stripe and Sprite? Yeah, it's it's called a shandy. <laughs> I never did that with the yeah, I had that at the uh, the UK at the Epcot Center in Walt Disney mm-hmm. World. Except I got it in a, like a giant yard, like a big, big, big plastic bottle <laughs> mixed together. Don't do that and then go on a ride, folks. <laughs> Oh my God! I'm yeah, I you're lagging. On, I, 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 am I? Who's lagging? Nick, not you. You're good. Oh. I don't know what's going on. It, it happens, boys. Stuffing up. Yeah, it, ha- it happens. No, but what what happened on the ride, Matt? No, nah, it was fine. Just we're uh, obnoxiously loud, and you go. I mean, this it's literally a yard. I mean, that's how big it is. And we, yeah. we drank a couple of those, and then went on Soren, which isn't like too intense, but it's like one of those rides where it actually like takes you up into the air and in front of a giant IMAX screen and you're like flying around like you're like above mountains and stuff. So it was a, uh, it wasn't a good combination because you can't go anywhere. You're up there. <laughs> so, anyway. and then, and then after a yard of beer. Yeah. After a couple of yards of beer. Oh, okay. A couple. Let me ask you a question. Um, yeah, go ahead. During quarantine, Michael Florio brought this up on Twitter and I was talking to him. The, uh, he was talking about some of the different sports he's watched during the quarantine, like, you know, up from other countries or whatever. And he actually put like NASCAR, bowling, golf, things that like, you know, are actual kind of sports that people are watching. I put the Ocho. Anyone ever watch ESPN eight when they put it on, it's making fun of dodgeball, but they actually put it on from time to time. They'll take an entire Saturday and put these weird sports. They legitimately had lawnmower racing, where they have ones that went one mile an hour, but then they have these ones without a governor on them that had like, they went 20 miles an hour, but they had no shocks. So they're just like going around corners and bouncing. And they also had one called slippery stairs, which again, it is exactly what you think it is. It's people <laughs> trying to tr- race each other, running upstairs that are covered with like Crisco and soap and shit. <laughs> I was just going to bring up the slippery stairs. I was about to be like, yes, they have a, a sport called slippery stairs and it is great. They also have like, um, Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's best belly flop. So it's the best belly flop from like, uh, uh, you know, whatever, however much feet up in the air 
and like you get judged on whatever and i'm freezing again but don't worry hopefully my audio is still coming we can through. hear you we can hear you. uh so i was like those are the two most like like those are the only two sports i saw on espn the ocho and i was ecstatic watching them dude i was wondering where i could bet on it this is crazy i've i've heard of the ocho just because of that movie but i've never heard of these i've heard of wife carrying so this is a finished tournament where you literally like carry your wife around a obstacle course but sounds like a sounds like an Amish thing. <laughs> Every time you go around, you pick up another family member. They climb on my back. <laughs> not, this is some Pennsylvania uh, stuff going on up there, right? Yeah, that's where Pennsylvania Dutch man get all them Amish people. That's it. That they should have like fantasy belly flop. Like, who are you picking today? Oh, no, he's been, like, eating five guys for, like, three weeks ahead of this tournament. Like, I really think he's going to do a big splash. Or, like, how does that work? Like, how do you get points? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I think we we have a great show uh, for you here today. We're not going to uh, talk too much crap as we usually do. Because last time we did uh, go down the rabbit hole of Colin Kaepernick for a little bit too long. So we decided to... Uh, Skip the news today. Skip all the bull crap. Oh, going back to last week real quick, just for oh. anyone. Remember, we were wondering, because this was out of context to whoever people were really complaining about the Cam Newton thing, and we were wondering why wouldn't you just have four? It was one of those like comment, like, or retweet things. There could have only been three options. It was, you know, it was uh, Luke, it was um, Steve Smith, and uh, Peppers. And the whole thing was, why didn't they include Cam? And like, why couldn't they have been a fourth option? Because it was one of those things. Comment, like, or retweet. There could have only been three options. So, update. I'm really glad you solved that issue. (laughs) What? Cam Newton is redeemed because Twitter only had three options. Yes. That makes me feel a little bit better, actually. It does, because, you know, you're not going to cut the other guys. And, you know, whatever. It makes more sense, at least. If they could have had a fourth option and it just didn't bother, it was worse. But it wasn't. It wasn't that yeah, bad. no, this this makes a lot more sense, and Cam Cam is redeemed as well. All right, moving forward. Moving forward with the weekly topic, and I think, Matt, you were the one to bring up this uh, topic on Twitter with a series you're doing on Twitter, correct? Uh, it was actually just a question, but <laughs> yeah, we call this series. I think it's a series. It just became a series. Now it's a series. And we're going to continue that with this weekly topic. Hey. And I would like to say hello to Melo, who just joined the chat as well. We are always here to serve the chat. So we'll get to Melo's question here just before we hit the weekly topic. I want to say what it is first. It's out-the-box top player. So who, who's not being talked about could potentially finish as QB1, RB1, wide receiver 1, and tight end 1. Uh, so it can't be obvious picks, but you could see it happening if, Everything landed right for this player. He could potentially be the number one in his position at the end of the year. We've all put um, one player each for each position. We're going to go through them, going to hit all the players. Feel free to interrupt in the chat and give us your picks as well. And uh, we'll talk to about them as well. I just want to hear your thoughts real quick on Jamal Adams uh, and that whole storyline. I've, I haven't been paying too much attention to it because this is just – uh, this has happened way too many times with the Cowboys and a safety. So I'm like, 
you're shrugging it off. But Nick, do you have any any thoughts on Jamal Adams moving forward? Trying to get to Dallas, right? Is that what we're talking about, right? Yeah, and just that's basically is that's, that's why because he goes in his car, you get one person video, and he goes, "I'm trying to get to Dallas." Carl's like, "Let's make this some news." I love it. I mean, I don't know Jamal Adams trying to get traded. He won't get traded, like. Mellow bringing up. Okay, I thought Carl, that was your thing. You were bringing it up, and I was like, "Of course, Carl's bringing this no, up." No, 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 no. He was, was in his F one fifty driving around saying, "Let's go to Dallas." See, uh, this is all mellow here from New York. He's pissed, and hope he stays. Right. And I truly think he will. Like he's maybe not he's happy. Two, he, has, he has two years left on his deal. Two. Yeah, he's screwed. I think they, he stays. I mean, they need to they need to revamp the NFL. I mean, everyone knows it. I mean, I don't want to be against Jamal in terms of everyone wants their money. It's a short shelf life and all that. And I get it. I said, so you know, everyone needs to get the money. You watch other people doing it. It makes total sense. But they need to do something where there's not – as far as the complaint about you can't choose where you work, you got to – you kind of have to suck that up. It's sports. It's not another job. If you get, if you get drafted somewhere, you just – Got to play it out. You know, it's just the way it is. But in terms of the terms of the contract themselves and the way that they're structured, that's another thing. But as far as where you get drafted, you can't do anything about that. You you know, I mean, in terms the terms of it, you can change. But where you get placed is another thing. I think if you do sign that contract, you, you got to stick it out. Um, you, you can get them more money in some ways. I think there's there's definitely a way to restructure this, a way to get them more guaranteed money. There's, there's a way to do it better. But them just feeling that, come right out of college they can sign with any team they want that's just never going to happen and it shouldn't i think we should like lessen the years that are on these rookie deals though let's make these three years to two years you know going uh, you know first round second round third round. i would love it if these first rounders would be hitting the the free agency market come three years talking about holdouts in two years if you know they're for, like they wouldn't have as much leverage for this stuff like after one year of, of being good, you wouldn't have that leverage the year before your, your contract is up. And team option maybe for a fourth year, but like for five years, four years, I mean, NFL careers don't last that long. And, and for Jamal Adams to not have a – not like the situation that he's in in New York, I don't think there's anything wrong about him saying that he wants to leave. And I, I just don't think the deal gets done. But yeah. I think it needs to be addressed in the New York front office – I think someone needs to come out and take ownership and say, look, man, why don't you want to be here? Like, what is it? Is it just the money? You don't like where the, the way the team is going? You don't like Adam Gase? You don't like the, the, the ownership? Like, what is it that we don't want? Someone needs to, like, take the ownership into that. I think it's a fundamental thing in all sports, right? You look at the NBA, the players just, I'm leaving. I'm playing. You know, they, they just force themselves onto a team, and it's just, it's just something they need to fix. They need to make it fair to both the players and the teams and the fans so they can continue to have their own players. The NBA does something which not effectively enough, obviously, because they're the kind of the stem of where this comes from of trying to funnel your way to a team. But I do like how they give you the option in free agency. They have a cap, but they allow the home team to have an advantage of signing your own player back. I wish the NFL had something like that. We do you short, for you, veterans. You have yeah, to be but, a veteran for a while now with the new C. Um, well, I'm talking CBA. about even I'm talking about like even big ticket players or rookies. Oh, yeah. Like if you even shorten it to three, if the player wants to leave, great. But I think the home team should have a big advantage of being able to bring you back from monetarily, where it doesn't count against their cap or something, where they can offer you more and they have a fighting chance of keeping you. If the player wants to leave, they can leave, but at least it gives the 
hometown fans and the owner. Like it gives them a chance of bringing the team back. But that's that's not even more this. That's more for any player. I love yeah. that. Dude. Sort of like a draft advantage. That's awesome. You yeah. Know what I mean? If you drafted this player, you kind of have an advantage of signing him maybe because you are you can give him a little bit more money, but it doesn't hit the cap. You know what I mean? Like that would be awesome. Something like that. So that's yeah. now with the with the CBA, if I can't remember fully, but they have that in. So they remove after you played a certain amount of years in the league and you're trying to be re-signed by the, by the club that you play for, you will count depending on how many years you played for that team, you will count less and less up to, I think a million on the cap. So let's say Jamal Adams, it's not on your rookie deal. So that's the problem. But if he were, if he were three years into a regular deal and then that deal is up, his team could potentially offer 1 million more than Tennessee, for instance, could and not be counted towards the cap. But other than that, I think we're going to keep seeing these things, especially with the, talented player like Jamal Adams that is just going to keep keeping an issue that nobody really wants to deal with uh, from a fan perspective because he like the Jets fans have to be pissed everybody else is kind of like well it's not happening so we're not going to be excited but at least it fills the the news void they need to do something about the salary cap too because it's a weird it's a stars game you get paid when you're doing because there's always the thing where if you're playing well, you want more money. If you're playing crappy, we're not gonna. You're not gonna allow us to take money away from you. But if we're paying you, it's on the cap. It makes it hard to improve the team. So they need to do something with the salary cap with the NFL, where you can allow teams to pay stars. And you know they already release people left and right. Some contracts mean nothing, right? Yeah. So, but it just it's just a restructuring. NFL is that's why it's hard to break down some things in the NFL is because the salary cap. I mean, they literally have entire rooms of people that may not even know anything about football. They're just there to deal with the salary cap. It's just so confusing and there's so many, you know, things to it's just you know fundamentally flawed. There's there's a middle ground here somewhere that no one will be happy with. And that means you made a good deal, but you know, hopefully we'll get there at some point. It would probably probably eliminating, your- eliminating the fifth year option seems like at minimum, the first thing to do. It would literally be one of my dream jobs to work at like a cap analyst for one of the teams and just like dig into numbers of team building all the time. But we do have some team building to hit here. And I wanted to start off with um, your first one, Matt here with players that we think, have if everything works out for them have a possibility to finish first at their position your first player for quarterback take it away quarterback all right so there's a lot of obvious guys at the top lamar jackson uh you know um the reigning mvp you got uh even dak right <laughs> or kyler he's he's very trendy um my guy is josh allen which is weird because he seems like if you were going to talk about someone to finish as the one he should be in that conversation yet he's being drafted somewhere in uh, around the vicinity of like the back end QB eight to nine, 10 range. Um, because, you know, people, I don't know if that's a bad taste in their mouth of watching him perform in the playoffs, which is just yeah. God scarring, but he has a much higher rushing um, ceiling and floor than Kyler Murray. He can throw the ball really far, not accurately, but now with John Brown and Stefan Diggs, he still has Cole Beasley. He has a couple of runners in the backfield. Um, they're going to probably do a good job this year with, you know, they still have to deal with the New England secondary, but overall um, they could have an interesting year. What I, you know, he's, he's, he has his obvious setbacks, but yeah, he, if he 
has something nice going with Brown and Diggs downfield. We both know that they can make big plays. And I'm not sure there's – is there anyone with a better rushing ceiling with him at quarterback? It probably is him. Is it even – I mean, Lamar Jackson obviously runs a lot. It has a lot mm-hmm. to do with, you know, the obvious team around him as well. But um, I think if given the opportunity, Allen probably could put up those numbers. He's never going to. But, um, you know, you never know what happens with with Lamar. Um you know, he's the obvious choice <laughs> to uh, to repeat what he did. But uh, Allen has the same kind of tools if they give him the opportunity. So, yeah, if I had to pick someone out of the box for quarterback, it would be Josh Allen because he has the tools. He's just not as good. <laughs> I like the pick, and he, he would have been one of my candidates for this as well. But there's some some glaring things that just stick out to me as a sore, uh, like, thorn in my side with with Josh Allen and it is that that deep ball deep ball accuracy he doesn't hit like he's not even close to 50% in deep balls and I'm not even saying like 40 yard deep balls I'm talking 15 yards from the line of scrimmage and he's just like that's his problem they should only be 50 yards no 15 no he's, no that's don't even go 15 oh air him out because he's just <laughs> he's just terrible in that range and I know like he's pretty pretty average accurate on shorter throws. I mean, you can, you can get that to like Cole Beasley and just keep going seven yards per, per catch. But has anyone ever just eliminated the middle of the field? I mean, the Rams live there, but I'm talking about Josh Allen taking off and play action. You have the running backs, you have Dawson Knox, and then you just have guys going deep. No middle of the field. Like there's no medium throws. You are, you are short or long. That is it. The defense has to abandon the middle of the field. (laughs) Like I want someone to, to go that route. That's what the bills need to do. It would be super fun to watch. Yeah. What would the defense do? You can't abandon the middle of the field, but if you don't and you got those dangerous guys like there, I mean, Cole Beasley will be, you know, mulling around. He'll probably end up getting a ton of receptions, you know, the ones that get to him, but uh, I don't know. I'd love to see him. They should try that. That would be so much. That would be so much effort for the receivers to sprint as far as you could back and forth for three plays, maybe more. You know what I mean? Like, God, you would need at least 11 receivers on your team. So you'd be, like, getting them in and out. Maybe all track stars, and there's nothing wrong with what you're saying, but I don't know. I mean, Josh Allen, why not? I mean, nine touchdowns last year rushing. Like, if he can keep that up. I mean, he probably will regress in that. He won't be as good as he was last year, in my opinion. I think he's pretty kind of – Kind of slated a little bit too high, being drafted for overhype. I mean, with, especially with the addition of Stephon Diggs, which in my opinion isn't that big of an addition. But why would we sit here and nitpick uh, something we're trying to pull out of the box? Like every player we we, we, we talk about today. You think he's yeah. being drafted high? Yeah, he's probably like, what, the eighth quarterback right now being drafted? I would have thought with Diggs he would have actually been going higher. I'm, su- I'm surprised. And, and I'm surprised I, the helium isn't higher, to be honest. I think eight is the average. I think there are multiple, multiple drafts you get into that you will see him go six five you know what i mean like arguably up, up there against Dak. you know what i mean like that that's yeah i don't want i don't want any of that no, <laughs> i like i like him at the where he's going what we're doing here is yeah. grab people outside of the box so i absolutely like josh allen especially with the addition of stefan diggs as much as i said i don't really like him i mean you <laughs> add him onto the team that can only that could only make him better and with another year experience for a singletary plus you had zach mawson uh knox another year like there's a lot of a lot of good things that could happen in Buffalo, and Josh Allen could easily be the best quarterback in the entire NFL next year if you don't play in an interception league. 
I do think that he needs to improve on his accuracy to reach this. Like, I know it's out the box, but I, I do want to nitpick a little bit, though. Like, that deep ball accuracy, I think it's going to get better with Diggs. You have Smokey Brown, who everybody knows I love me some Smokey. Uh, I think he's a fantastic player. It's always been undervalued. Um, I, I do think that deep ball is going to get better, but for me to see that he's going to line up and then become QB1. There's a lot of stuff that has to go right for him. Uh, I think uh, probably... Although you could, say that, you could say that for any QB, no matter who it is, even a oh, superstar. Yeah, yeah. It all but does have to line up for you. I, I was just trying to do a, a little segue. Oh. <laughs> I do think that Nick's pick needs a little less to fall right for him, and I think you would like this, because who's your pick, Nick? Uh, so my pick is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the obvious answer almost when we started to do this was Matt Stafford. I mean, obviously, but I had to go with the division foe, Aaron Rodgers, just because I, I've talked about Matt Stafford enough on the show. Let's just switch it up. Both, they both have the uh, same kind of path to getting there, right? I think Stafford has better talent around him. I think um, I definitely think so. Aaron Rodgers yeah. is going to have to play his ass off. I think Matt Stafford will have to play his ass off, but. He's he's got a lot of weapons, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I I don't think the weapons are there for Aaron Rodgers. But I'm I'm not trying to downplay Aaron Rodgers. What I'm trying to say is that Aaron Rodgers has the emergence of Jay Sternberg coming. And if we just get one of these guys, whether it be Funchess, MVS, you know, uh Quantumus St. Brown, Alan Lazard, if any of those guys can step up and outperform our any of our expectations and and just be someone who can be red zone relevant. I think we're going to see Aaron Rodgers get a lot more touchdowns than we've seen. I mean, he's only had we have he has 51 touchdowns the last two years combined. But in comparison with that, he's got six interceptions combined for the last 32 games. That's 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 insane. Most leagues are interception based. If you're in SFBX, I'm pretty sure it's like negative four to four for an interception or whatever. I don't know. There's a lot of lot of leagues that are like negative four, negative three inter, for an interception, and he's not going to get you any of those. He is a talented enough quarterback that we are all seen can he's easily can be the number one quarterback if we get a healthy Devontae Adams Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams in the passing game I know with the with the addition of AJ Dillon where we might see more red zone touches go to Dillon maybe more a few touchdowns in themselves taken away from Rodgers but I think that'll just be one step back for a five steps forward if we actually have Lazard or Funches become a red zone target outside of Devontae Adams you know what I mean so. Yeah, and I do like the the NFC North is super interesting with both Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford because I think both of them do have a path to that QB one. With Rodgers, just needs to find himself, and Stafford just needs to be healthy and get like get back to last year. And both of them have that ability to just not cruise to QB one, but challenge for a QB1 at the end of the year. Like I said, there's you still have Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, even though I love Kenny Galladay, Devontae Adams is still the best wide receiver in that division. Like that, I think he's by far the biggest threat and the biggest weapon in that division for anybody. And I love Adam Thielen. I love Kenny Galladay. I'm, I'm pretty high on Marvin Jones as well. Um, we've talked a lot about him this offseason. But Devontae Adams, is, when he's on, he's something special. Just look at uh, what he did last year, right? He he had the toe problem that kept him out half the year. He was triple teamed, quite literally, triple teamed for most of the season. He still 
was like a yard shar, a yard shy of a, of, of a thousand again. So everyone's holding that against him. I, um, I'm, I'm pessimistic on Aaron only because of the coaching. I watched the, what they drafted um, specifically, actually Josiah Degara, the tight end, um, the tight end out of Cincinnati, who's not going to play tight end for him. He's actually going to play fullback. And they even said that, you know, same as San Francisco, they plan on making him like, you know, their fullback. Uh, they, you know, they're going to use a lot of running backs and they're going to be using the passing game, but a lot of short ones. So I still think a lot of those touchdowns like Aaron Jones, I think they'll be there. Uh, like, like Nick said, maybe you lose some red zone touches to guys like Dylan, but um, the, I, I think it'll be like a, you know, just like a short game, more offense where Devonte will make big plays. Yeah. You'll need, you'll need St. Brown. You'll need Funches. If one of those guys can jump up and like, you know, Funches, there's plenty of believers. Uh, Nick, uh, or is it uh, Nate Hamilton? Who's a friend of the show. He, he's a big believer in him. If he can, he's never kind of proven what he can be if he's healthy and he does something special, maybe we can see it. So I think, yeah, um, you need that second wide receiver to step up and be just as good as Randall Cobb was. You know, I mean, he doesn't necessarily – you don't need Jennings and uh, you don't need like a, a Greg Jennings or a, uh, you know, Donald Driver out there. But you need someone to help Devontae Adams out there. So, yeah, I could see it. But, yeah, they definitely need someone to – they need someone else to help out. I would love if Nate Hamilton from now on can just be known as friend of the show. Like that's how he should be known. <laughs> One last thing, too, conspiracy people out there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has thrown 44 – Damn near forty-four thousand or forty-four hundred yards every other year for the last six years, and it lands on this year. So if we can get him with forty-four hundred yards, and then we get you know two, four years ago he had forty touchdowns. If you can add that in there, it's uh, it's just like you know people who like to believe in that every other year kind of thing. I don't know every other week kind of thing. I'm not saying it's everyone, but there's everyone I'm, of every hundred. I'm I'm definitely one of them. I'm definitely one of them. Sometimes too, for sure. <laughs> Matt Ryan. And I noticed it. Matt Ryan loved to to do that back a few years ago. Yeah, he just pick him up every other year, and uh, and th- and that worked out. I do want to. Uh, do you have before, a quarter? You have a quarterback? Yeah. Before I move over to him, that would have been the best segment. But we do have a question, so I wanted to bring up that too. It's the same division as Matt Ryan. Uh, Melo says that he thinks that Drew Brees have a path to QB one, and. First, he said top five, and then he, he confirmed that he actually meant QB1. I think Drew, Drew Brees' path to QB1 is the least likely of Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen, in my opinion. I don't think that Brees is going to put up those numbers. I, I can see you, Nick, looking like, Carl, shut your mouth. But I, I don't see Brees putting up those numbers again. I like Brees. I think he's going to take them very far football wise but i don't think he's gonna put up those numbers where you're just like holy crap that's that's drew Brees again nick i don't have a strong opinion on this but just something to turn it over to you i just i think the days of quarterbacks who refuse to run aaron's not a huge aaron Rodgers is not lamar jackson but he'll take off and he will score uh he'll do that drew Brees will not do that so i think the guys like that are kind of over i i honestly if i was going dark horse i'd go ben roethlisberger over drew Brees, who obviously has a chance of being QB 30, but uh, I think that, you know, there's a chance there of Juju and everything, Deontay, and he's taken off and there's, there's a path there that I see more than breeze. So that gives my opinion on breeze. I was going to, I was, I had big Ben typed in my tweet to you guys. And then I actually erased him, put Aaron Rodgers. So I definitely <laughs> like big Ben as an opportunity one. I don't know. Breeze definitely could be one. I was just 
going to jump in real quick and say, yeah, he's going to be number one because he's going to throw to Emmanuel Sanders all day long. I'm going to get my $1 over Parker. That's all I was going to say. Breeze is probably not likely going to be a quarterback. One, but, but I did draft him. I'm in- picturing you at the end of the year throwing like your, your beer on the ground, your wife looking at you. God damn it. What's wrong, honey? I lost. How much money did you lose? A dollar. <laughs> but, it's, yeah, but it's so much pride and, and, and honor in winning that dollar. I'll already be up two dollars because Herbert and Tua both start in week one. So really I'll just be, you know, kind of playing. You'll be paying me with my own dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All just right. twice. Who's your what do we do? We already talk about him? No, and my quarterback is uh, Matt Ryan, because uh, what what did you say about that uh, two year every other year conspiracy thing? Because Matt Ryan um he, he likes to score a lot of fantasy points roughly every other year. And right now, he's not being respected for it. He's being drafted as the ninth best quarterback. And he, he's going to be bonkers good next year. Like, he still has Julio. He still has Calvin Ridley, who's going to be even better than ever. And Hayden Hurst comes and joins him. We know what tight ends can do in this offense. Targurley, I think he's going to be a weapon in the passing game. I just think Matt Ryan has everything going for him that that you want from your fantasy quarterback. He does have a high floor. He does have a high ceiling. He missed one game last year, which usually he doesn't miss too many games. So that's that's a little bit of a concern. Like, is he deteriorating? Is this the last, or do we get two, three more years with Matt Ryan? I'm. I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that plays super late into his career. He's been healthy, but. Um, he doesn't have – I don't know. I, I just feel that that's going to happen even though he's he's pretty good at taking hits. But if he start deteriorating like Romo and start having issues with ta- taking the hits because he's been taking a lot of freaking hits because this line has been terrible. If that's starting to impact him more and more, even with all the capital spent in the line, I can see it going a little bit downhill over the next two years. But this year – I'm sticking with Matt Ryan. He throws 35% of his passes to the short left zone with 72% accuracy, which is fantastic. And add that he has some of the best deep weapons in the league. And I think everything can be set up for him to be to be QB1. I don't even think that everything has to work out for him to be QB1, to be honest. Yeah, Matt Ryan is a phenomenal pick. He, he's a guy I'm trying to get all over the place. Um, a couple things. He's missed one game in the last 10 years. I don't know, in three games in his entire career over the last 12 years. I, I don't see any reason why he's not going to outplay Matt Stafford. But he played, he drafted before him and will outplay him. Um, I, the conspiracy thing to bring up, that's awesome because it does seem like all these receivers are too like, this is the year, like the Falcons are going to be great. They need Todd Gurley for 16 games, and they need him to be effective in the passing game if he's going to be a quarterback one. And they need a middle – they need someone to fill in Austin Hooper. They need someone. And, 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 if, and if Matt Ryan could be, if like anyone thinks Matt Ryan could be quarterback one, there is a guy named uh, Russell Gage who it could mm-hmm. be the, the sneaker pick. You know what I mean? The sneak pick. So if you, if you believe in Matt Ryan, like I do, like Carl does, uh, I don't know if Matt does yet. We haven't let him talk. <laughs> I think you need to, I don't think it's going to be Hayden Hurst, but someone's going to fill a void of Austin Hooper and could be a very good flex player for your fantasy team. That's something to think about. Um, but I like Matt Ryan a lot. I think Ryan's a good pick. We've seen him do it in the past. In a in fantasy, just this will be just a short answer. There's another comparable guy I'd like that's cheaper, who I think is also on the same path. I would, I think I'd rather take a shot on Jared Goff, who they both have the same kind of. They, they both 
throw a ton of passes. They both have pretty much around the same time to throw with the, their offensive line where I think that Goff has a better chance of like, he he's going to bounce back even further. We'll see what he does with his brand new backfield and what that means. Uh, they'll, they'll be throwing a lot less three wide receiver sets, a lot more two wide receiver sets, but they're going to be putting out that, you know, two tight end set, you know, we saw how both of their guys did last year. So there could be a ton of touchdowns in the works and they could be moving the ball downfield a lot more um, consistently, consistently than they did last year. So they have a lot of talent there. So he's just another guy. I think Ryan is obviously the safer pick. <laughs> We've seen him. He's won an MVP, but for the same reasons, I like Ryan. I like golf for kind of the same reason. Golf is a sneaky one. I've not, I've never been a fan of him and uh, his numbers uh, according to like my algorithms and stuff, usually don't match up too well, so I try to stay away from him. Uh, but he's definitely somebody who's very cheap right now, and for quarterback, cheap is gold. Cheap yes. is gold. Like you can get golf in like round thirteen or something right now. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I was saying. I don't think there's a path for him for QB one. I think there's one for Ryan, but I think that. If I'm as interested in fantasy, just because it's a fantasy show, of what I liked in Ryan, um, rather than pay for him, I think I'd rather take a shot on Goff because I think he has a shot to kind of be that Matt Ryan stat. I think he could put up those. I mean, we've seen him kind of do it before, but like QB five or something. Yeah, I think I think he can do that. I think you're downplaying the the you know the departures of Brandon Cooks and Todd Gurley and the additions of Cam Akers and Van Jefferson. Like Josh Reynolds is not going to be. Brandon Cooks, he's not going to be a thousand yard receiver. That's going to hold on. And Tag Gurley is not going to be replaced by Cam Akers. And we saw Daryl Henderson couldn't replace him. And we know Malcolm Brown is twenty seven years old and on his last leg. Uh, the, the offensive line is is pretty pretty bad. It's bad. It's it, really bad. Things wrong with Jared Goff, and the only thing right is Sean McVay. And even Sean McVay looked like. He was out of his element last year when Todd Gurley wasn't as successful as he was in his first couple of years. I'm very scared for the Rams. I want to avoid everyone but one guy, and we'll get to him a little later. I like Ooh. the I like probably the opposite guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> like here, I, I think losing Gurley is not a big deal for this team because they completely changed the team they were down the stretch. Like I said, with the two tight ends and the three, they went from three wide receivers to two wide receivers a lot. Um, I think they're a little different and Goff did the lead the league in, in pass attempts. Again, I like him cause he's cheap, <laughs> not because I'm sold. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sold on him being a good cheap option. Definitely would rather mm-hmm. than Kirk Cousins. Yes. You, you're looking a little bit for a bargain and somebody, somebody who was, if you picked him up before, uh, like real early late year, he turned out to be a really good bargain, but I think he's still somewhat of a bargain is your running back, Nick. Yes. And this is a guy I immediately, I immediately wrote down Ezekiel Elliott because this guy's right now got a nine eighty. He's going as like the ninth running back because of the Corona scare. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like he's obviously the one out of the box right now that could be running back one. He could easily step in and just be the best running back in the NFL. But I wanted to be a little bit more, uh, a little bit different and, and not do someone so close to like the top 10 and running back. So I went with Raheem Mostert, who I think if all things line up and, and I know like the, the, the 49ers are quick to go to whatever running back has a hot hand, but if Mostert starts week one and puts up a buck 30 and never looks back, 
and just runs wild behind the San Francisco offensive line and the scheme that Kyle Shanahan runs. I like, I'm not even saying that this is a knock on Tevin Coleman or whoever else is in the backfield right now. They could all be successful, but if Raheem Mostert just starts putting up a hundred yards a game and, and, you know, if for all intents and purposes of this show plays 16 games, in that San Francisco offense with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, who is is just not going to be able to like, you know, you're not going to be passing the ball 45 times with him in a game. You're you're just going to be relying on the run, which we saw. We we, we I think that's going to lay over into this year. So I, I think there's a lot of things that would have to go right. I'm not saying that Raheem Mostert is the number one running back, you know, but I think he has a has a path to it. And, and all things gone right, he's got the best. Uh, you know, play calling coach in the NFL, or I guess the second best, maybe behind Andy Reid. I guess now that we can say that. But uh, finally, I, I love I love the San Francisco running game, and I love that Raheem Mostert does not have to worry about Brita, and he has to worry about a twenty eight year old knee injury riddled Tevin Coleman and Jared. And- Jarek McKinnon. But right. like, it's funny that you bring up Tevin Coleman because he used to play for the Atlanta Falcons in twenty sixteen. Uh, Devontae Freeman with with Coleman behind him. So they actually, it was Kyle Shanahan was a coach. You had two running backs in the top 20 and Devontae Freeman finished sixth. I've always been a huge fan of Devontae, but I think that Raheem Mostert is a little bit stronger than he was in 2016. I think Mostert is a little bit stronger right now. So I'm totally with you on this. I love Mostert's running trends and Getting him like end of the fourth round, I think that's a steal with Breida gone. I'm a huge Breida fan. With Breida there, I'd, I would have objected to this because I think Breida just needs to be healthy a little bit for a few games to steal enough carries from Mostert. But with, most, with Breida gone, I think Mostert late fourth steal, yeah, steal. I, I think that's a top 10 running back. And st- stuff doesn't even have to go right for him to be a top 10 running back. Right. I agree. I'm not going to argue against it. He's a great value anyway because he's like, what, fifth round? The only reason he's going that late is because of the obvious, which I'm about to say. It's not groundbreaking. It's They have a revolving door in San Francisco. The only thing you know about Raheem Mostert to know how easily he can be replaced is the fact that he is where he is now. Just look at where, you know, last year. So I don't know who that would be. They don't have as talented a group as they did last year. So I, I'm on board with this. I mean, you know, he's – the reasons you doubt him, you're getting a discount for. Uh, but yeah, you can see it for sure. If uh, Tevin Coleman's injured and they have they don't have options to use as many people as possible, they're still going to continue to run the ball. And there's your path to uh, to RB one for sure. And, and real quick, one thing just to mention too is you know the the apple doesn't far, uh, fall far from the tree, right? Kyle Shanahan is very similar to Mike Shanahan. In Mike Shanahan's Broncos offenses, it was always the undrafted running back, Ruben Drones, Clinton Portis, these guys that never Mike Anderson, these guys who, if you go look them up, like they 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 were they were amazing running backs for a year or two. And Mostert could easily, easily fall right in line with those. Could easily just be the next, you know, a, a, a door for the next undrafted guy to come in behind him. Or he could be Clinton Portis. He could all of a sudden be there for six or seven years and be extremely successful not to say i'm trying to compare the two but i'm just saying that there's always that one running back that you never think is going to be that good and then he just ends up being and i'm not saying most there is that guy but he could be and then that's a really good chance to no be and i think he could get replaced but they didn't do anything to do it this year so even he has a big year maybe that'd be a great time to sell him because you know they're gonna can't yeah. help themselves by replenish 
Right. Uh, but yeah, there's it's a perfect storm for him to have at least one big year here. Redraft. Yeah, we just and that's all we need. We only need, like you said, one or two big years. That's all we need from him. We need him to be great this year and not good and then be good for five years. We need him to be great this year and pick him up in that late fourth round and just just feel really good about ourselves. <laughs> and so a guy that I haven't been feeling good about in the past is uh, my running back, Leonard Fournette. But the, so I'm, I'm even going to like contradict myself here too. The problem with this is that they suck. He couldn't let the first words of his mouth about Leonard Fournette yeah. be positive. Be positive. No, no. The team is terrible. Jacksonville Jaguars are terrible. They're going to have to pass the ball a lot. But I still think they're going to give the ball enough to Leonard Fournette in both the passing game and the running game to give him an opportunity to be RB1 at the end of the year. It's about volume and it's about value because he's very cheap as well. He's going in the uh, third round right now. He does have really good rushing trends. If you remove uh, 45% of his runs going up the A-gap, which is stupid and should be changed because if you just run the ball on either side of the center, you're not making it difficult for the, the defense to know where you're going with the ball. If you go there half the time, like it's even the most unintelligent, defensive coordinator would be like, I wonder where Leonard Fournette is going with the ball this time. Like it's it's not that difficult. Change that a little bit. He does have a floor of 10 points in, in PPR. So you're good with that. That's the sixth highest floor in the league. 24.6 in ceiling. So you're not going to get the Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley type games, but it's still enough. Stay healthy, get the carries, get in the red zone with Minshew progressing a little bit and get some rushing touchdowns by the end of the year. Yeah, oh. I, I think they'll – yeah, he's he's pretty much the only game in town. The issue being if Chris Thompson is healthy, um, he needs that he needs those pass catches to get to RB1. He needs those. And Chris Thompson hasn't proven to stay healthy anyway, but they brought him there for a reason. At least to start the year, they're going to try to let Chris Thompson have that role. But you, you can't – all right. If Jordan Reed stays healthy. <laughs> no, I'm just – I'm you know, you got to say – but no, I mean yeah, – Ryquel Armstead is more of a threat to add to him than I don't think so, to be honest. Everyone else thinks the biggest threat to Leonard Fournette is the fact that they hate him. But if he's there, yeah. that they're is, gonna That's the biggest. Yeah. <laughs> Leonard so, Fournette's biggest trouble is Leonard Fournette. Uh, no, it's the, that the team doesn't like Leonard. Well, I actually do think the har- the thing that is the biggest the thing that would crush him is if Chris Thompson happens to have his one healthy year. That would literally end Leonard Fournette's fantasy value. It would end it. As 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 uh, unlikely as that is, it would be a stake in the heart. And the last thing to say about him, too, an argument to like their their defense is bad, and that's never a good sign for a running back. When you're no. defense is bad, you're running back. But but I think of all 32 teams, there's one lone team that could be down 31 nothing and still stick to giving it to Fournette or giving it to their running back two times in a row, and that's Jacksonville. Like they're just always going to ride with Fournette. That is like you said, Matt. The, the only show in town. Like that's Remember it. when David Johnson would run the ball up the middle on third and 24 with the Cardinals? The good well, old days. Great. <laughs> last year? <laughs> last great. Two, he's, oh, he's two still, years ago. But yeah. No, but he still has 47% of his carries up to A-gap last year, yeah, even with the new freaking coaching staff. Like, oh, I guess he was good at that. Let's keep doing it. Like, what's wrong with these play callers? <laughs> we expect Bill O'Brien to do anything different. I don't. I don't know. No, not, yes. I, don't know. I don't know why anyone thinks he's going to all of a sudden start pitching and throwing it. He's gonna. He's just going to try to just run it right up the middle. 
It gives me a headache. Like, it's so easy to see, too. Like, I'm just looking at the numbers, and I'm assuming NFL coaching staff must have much better numbers than me, right? And stats on this shit. How – I'm sorry. I get I, I get frustrated with this. Matt, who is your running back? Because you stole mine. It's it's uh, my my boy, Austin Eckler. Uh, everyone that doubts him wants to wants to point to the fact that he's not a very good running back in traditional terms, which is absolutely true. If you go to like football outsiders, they have like D uh, D Y A R is a negative eight, which makes him the running back 35 DVOA nine minus 10% makes him the running back 35. So this is a complete PPR play. You must be in PPR to play playing Austin Eckler. But again, that's about popular thing. He led the NFL in uh, yards after catch or above expected which is fantastic. He did it on a 108 targets. The big ding there, people think that now that Philip Rivers is gone, Tyrod Taylor's in, or Justin Herbert, that you're losing a lot of the dump-offs. But over the last two seasons, Philip Rivers was eighth in the NFL in dump-offs, tied with Tyrod Taylor. Uh, so there is not a drop-off that is coming in terms of that. There is uh, the, the coach of the Chargers, which, you know, he, he Taylor was there last year, Rivers was the quarterback, was the offensive coordinator in Buffalo when Tyra Taylor was there. They used the same pistol formations that they're going to use now, which they are going to use to let Tyrod Taylor move the ball around. But it, it's not just that. They're going to uh, they're going to be using a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of play action, a lot of other creative ways to try to get um, all the running backs the ball. Justin Jackson's going to be involved, or you know, maybe he loses his job. Who do they? Who do they just draft there? Um, Josh Kelly. Yeah, Josh Kelly. He could, you know, one of them probably are going to be involved. I don't, you know, wherever wherever their their uh, numbers are, it's whatever it is. They'll either share it or one of them will take it. But I think Eckler, there will be regression in terms of like his targets. But I think he's going to get so much more, so many more carries, even with those other guys in the backfield. Uh, even with her, if Herbert's in there, you know, Tyrod Taylor is a pretty conservative quarterback. A lot of people like to think of him as a rushing, running gunner. He's not. He's actually very conservative. Um, Justin Herbert is a rookie. They're going to be conservative. I think this is bad news for Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. It's good news for uh, Hunter Henry and the running backs. So I think that uh, PPR, the volume will be there no matter what. So I think Eckler has a really nice floor, but the ceiling could be still sky high if the uh, you know the touchdowns come around for him. So I think they're going to lean hard on the running game no matter what. The big His biggest issue is this offense could really suck. <laughs> uh, and that, that would be bad. They need Tyrod Taylor to be able to move the sticks. If he can do that, and because his problem isn't accuracy, but it's finding an open receiver, he needs to keep the ball moving. But if he does, I think the uh, I think he's the guy on the team. Hunter Henry may not be able to stay healthy. I think the other wide receivers are kind of screwed. I think it's the Austin Eckler show. And if you are the show on a team, you got a good shot. I, I couldn't agree more. I love Austin Eckler. Always have. Always will. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want – I don't want to be the guy who just says that Austin Eckler is going to be, like, terrible this year. I just think he's being overdrafted and overthought of. I think we're I think we're drafting him more on last year's per performance than this year's performance. I think I think what you're saying is right, Matt, and the fact especially, too, that if he's the only thing in town, then it's, it's, it's a great possibility. And I don't see – like, Justin Jackson's good. I actually do – I really do like Justin Jackson. Um, I think if Eckler's good, you still can dra draft Justin Jackson. And I was going to say, like, I don't think that makes Eckler bad in any way, shape, or form. Uh, my, my big thing is that I think the Chargers offense is going to be so lackluster, so 
weak, so wimpy that I don't want anything to do with it. So my, my thought is like, I don't, I don't mind Austin Eckler. I think he 100% regresses from what his receiving stats were last year. Though the NFL is starting to shift towards these kind of running backs, the Christian McCaffrey, the Austin Eckler, and he could be right down the right in the next right uh, right in line. Excuse me, next. Um, but I just don't believe in it with Justin Herbert right now. I think Herbert is actually not going to be as conservative as we all think, and I think he'll be able to air the ball out a little bit more. But I don't think it's going to be in a successful way. He's still a rookie quarterback. I don't want anything to do with the Chargers offense in any way, shape, or form. And that means I don't want Austin Eckler as the 10th best running back in the NFL. I, I don't. Think the, I think he's the sixth best for the record. I don't want to spend a first-round pick on Austin Eckler or a top-two second-round pick on Eckler. If I can get him in th- round three or four, I think that's awesome. But for us just to think that he's going to come in and be like a bell cow, be – be this Christian McCaffrey running back, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just nervous. I, I, and I don't have much to back it up. I just have a gut that's telling me that I don't want to go towards anyone on here. Like, I just don't want to be a part of this. So I have like 175 rushes and about like 98 targets. That's where I have him. So, I mean, it all has to do with him. And, and, and again, everyone wants to point of him. He's not, not efficient. People keep pointing to that. He actually is really efficient. He's just not a good yeah. running back. He's actually 10% better than Alvin Kamara in efficiency. That would probably blow people's mind, but he was. Oh, uh, no, he's, yeah. he's way better than my pick, efficiency-wise. Yeah. Like, way better than Leonard Fournette. But uh, her touch. one thing Nick was saying, I wouldn't want to lean on him. My dream scenario would be for him to be my RB2 after I go RB1 in the first round. Like that, if, you're drafting your RB1 being like, you know, Joe Mixon. And I'll take. I'll give me Camara. Give me Camara and uh, Eckler. You're not going to get Eckler in the back end of the second. You got to get him early second. So it means you got to have a late first round pick. And, and, and I guess he might be there now. But I mean, I'm just saying. Like it seems like it would be like more of like a Miles Sanders and Josh or, or Joe Mixon mixed with Austin Eckler. And to be honest, I'm nervous about that. I get done. I'll take, I'll I get, uh, I'm scared. Okay, cool. Right I on. need a bigger name to pair with Eckler than Joe Mixon. But I prefer it. Yes. Uh, either way, we do have 10 minutes left, so I wanted to hit these wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, my wide receiver is somebody I've talked a lot about um, uh, this offseason is DJ Moore. I think if everything lines up with Teddy Bridgewater, I think Teddy is the type to get the ball into his wide receiver's hands quickly and let DJ Moore do his thing. I think it's going to be a ton of PPR points, like crazy amounts of PPR points. I don't think they're going to air it out as much, but fun fact – Teddy Bridgewater is actually pretty darn accurate on deep balls. Pretty darn accurate if you compare him with Kyle Allen because he is terrible. So it's just an upgrade. DJ Moore was still good with Kyle Allen. He's going to be better with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I think in PPR, he can definitely be top one. I, I've done to say, I mean, the, the obvious cold water would just be they have a lot of people to throw to. <laughs> they, have, they have McCaffrey. They have uh, Robbie Anderson. They have Curtis Samuel, if he comes out of the woodwork, and who's um, a tight end? Ian <laughs> yeah, and Ian Thomas. So I mean, yeah, they they do have people, you know, to maybe feed away from him. But you know, I like I like uh, I like where your head's at. Yeah, I like DJ Moore. He has a lot of hype, just like Chris Godwin had last year. I don't expect the same kind of production, but I could easily see him be a wide receiver one, and Teddy Bridgewater still be a quarterback twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's that's what I think. The quarterback for um, for your wide receiver, Matt, is uh, predicted to be a lot higher 
And this is a wide receiver that I think all of us here love going into it. I even drafted him way higher in one of our mock drafts. Uh, even I didn't. Nick, e- I didn't even prepare to talk about this guy. I totally changed on you. I'm sorry. Oh, you did. But Nick so can definitely talk about so it. It's not like, Kenny I, I, I a bit. It is not Kenny Galladay. So I could have picked Kenny Galladay instead of DJ Moore. Oh, you would. <laughs> I did say it earlier. I'm gonna. Ta- I'm talking about. I'm gonna talk about Robert Woods. Oh, go ahead, man. I I, just, I brought this up earlier with Jared Goff at the at the the second half with the Rams. They went. And, you know, they went for 12 personnel or 11 personnel when they had the three wide receivers, a running back, a tight end, and 89% of their plays in, in 2018. In 2019, only 73%. But after their bye week, it actually went down to 67%. The 12 personnel, which we talked about, two wide receivers, two tight ends, jumped from 8% to 21% and then up to 30%. They keep using Higby and Everett over and over again. And the the thing why I love Robert Woods is obviously – he did a lot of short throws. He actually was second among wide receivers in um, over the last few years in yards after catch. He was only second to Michael Thomas. And they usually do this on short throws. Brandon Cooks is out, therefore Robert Woods is now the deep threat as well. But again, on the uh, two tight end sets, it's Robert Woods and not Cooper Cup who was on the field. It was someone else. It might be Van Jefferson. Cooper Cup was off the field. So – you're, you know, we're just talking about a dark horse for wide receiver one. He could take over the overwhelming share here. He was on the field 94% of the time. He never leaves the field. Only like four guys in the NFL or five guys in the NFL did that. So, yeah, I love Cooper Cup, by the way, but the way they treat him in the second half uh, was a little weird. The first second half play calling here, Woods, despite missing week 10, was wide receiver 12 from 9 to 17. Cup who was wide receiver five from one through nine. He fell to wide receiver 31 after they go started going to tight ends, um, you know, the two tight end sets. So I think I'm not, you know, I'm, this is really not a dig on cup. It's more like if that opportunity is going to be there for woods in that offense, who still loves to throw, I could see him having a, a, a definitely a career year. And, you know, he has back to back 1000 seasons already. So, you know, the floor is there, but yeah, the ceiling, uh, he has a really crazy ceiling this year. Yeah, I love Robert Woods this year. His receiving trends are super awesome, and his floor has risen over and over every season. I've always been a cup guy ever since he came into the league, but this year it switched to Robert Woods over Cooper Cup for me as well. Mm-mm-mm-mm. My boy and the guy I picked is Cooper Cup, and I'll tell you why. Because he was wide receiver five for the weeks one through nine, and just because they started to implement a two-tight end system we start running for the hayfields, that's ridiculous. Do you think that Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby are going to outperform or out or serve or just even like put Cooper Cup on the bench? And though we saw it last year, we don't know what was going on behind the scenes. We don't know what's going on with the Rams. We saw them get like very unsuccessful. They, they, they were not the Rams that we wanted to see. So the big thing is the Cooper Cup and Jared Goff connection is bigger than any trend or statistic or stat you want to throw at Robert Woods. It really doesn't matter because Jared from the, he- from the heavens. Jared Goff has that connection with Cooper Cup, and that is oh, oh. And then you bring in the the opinion that there are there is no more Todd Gurley, there is no more pass catching running back. There is Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown, and Cam Akers are not going to be out there and be do what Todd Gurley did. At that point, you're going to see more short throws. And sure, Robert Woodman had a lot more short throws, but you know the guy that he's going to be looking to when he is in pressure and when he needs to get the ball out quick with an all-out blitz on him is not going to be Robert Woods. It'll be Cooper Cup. 
Cooper Cup has the legs and the strength to be successful. And in a PPR league, when he has 165 receptions and you guys are whining because Robert Woods has been sit here and put into the Brandon Cooks role and just stretched out the field and gotten to a, a scheme that doesn't fit what he is in any way, shape, or form because they understand that they are not successful trying to play a two tight end role with Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby, then you guys don't come crying to me because I'm trying to tell you right now, Cooper Cup is the man you want in the Rams. I mean, I'm not trying to knock Robert Woods in any way, shape, or form. I actually, I really like Robert Woods. And because I, I you, what you mentioned earlier, um, not even for what Robert Woods, but Jared Goff led the league in passing last year in, in attempts. Like, he, he's not going to shy away from that, especially with no offensive line and no running game. So we're going to see a lot of passes. There is no reason why Robert Woods and Cooper Cup can't both be top 10. However. I the, love Cooper Cup, by the way. Cooper Cup and PPR. And if you want to go in half point PPR and, and standard, I'll give you the Robert Woods. But if you want to go full point PPR, Cooper Cup will be more successful. I'll put a dollar on it right now. Do- <laughs> oh, dollar. I'll take that. Dollar bet. I'll well, put, here, I'll put it in after the, sh- after quick, the, the show. The thing was, remember, I didn't think they were going to take Cup off the field a lot. That uh, The two tight end set was only 30% of the plays. But I think it's enough to swing if they continue that. And, you know, I think they, I think they want to. If they're not going to have both tight ends on the field and cup, so it it it, it really comes down to are they going to do that or not? Really, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't believe it. I I yeah. I'm worried about it. Robert Damn. Woods, Rob, why I like Woods of the two is Woods is guaranteed his work no matter what. The yeah. only one that has a chance of losing is Cooper, who will be awesome no matter what, and he'll be awesome even with this problem. Um, but yeah, that was only again when I said I wasn't knocking Cup with that. It's just if if that happens. You know, it's going to, you know, Woods. <laughs> I have their overall value difference at 0.1 points. <laughs> they, what were they apart in targets by like three targets? Yeah. The, last, year, last year I had Cup over Woods by 0.1 points. So it's just been – The year uh, before it was, probably the, it was probably the same the year before. It's It's been crazy between these between these two and, and Brandon Cooks in, the, in that mix too. It's been such a fun – one wide receiver group to have in fantasy and just watch. And, just and I be- think the departure of Gurley and Cooks just bumps Cup and Woods up so much. Like their paths have just cleared away to be wide receiver one because that's it. That's it. That's like, I mean, you saw what Higby did last year. And, and if, Goff, if they have to keep up, but that wasn't successful in Los Angeles. They didn't like, they didn't win the games. That's not how Sean McVay's, I think, is going to want to play this team out. I think they had to adapt because that's what they needed to do last year. And I think he's very good at changing his plays throughout the games and changing his schemes throughout the season. But I don't think that's what who Sean McVay is. I don't think we're going to see that this year. But real quick, you, this, said, you, said you, really liked, you said you really liked uh, DJ Moore and that you thought that he could be wide receiver one and the quarterback could still be you know, quarterback 28. What, real quick, I know we're running behind. What do, what do you think of Allen Robinson, who's kind of in the same boat? Hopefully Nick Foles gets the job. But with, all the, you know, with everything we saw out of Allen Robinson – uh, no, no because no. he doesn't even have anyone to worry about. We could see an emergency yeah. Anthony Miller. He like in a, in a way that like really scares you in the game. I don't know. Matt Nagy just doesn't know what he's doing. I don't. I don't. I don't believe in the Bears. No, I don't want Allen Robinson. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I love I love Allen Robinson. He was he was the number one and uh, he was the number one successful wide receiver against uh, press coverage or man coverage, and he had uh, the third most targets twenty yards downfield. I just figure you put a competent quarterback out there, and he can do some nice things with so probably who, one of the elite target shares in the league. Who's this competent quarterback you're talking about? Well, 
I, I think I think putting Foles out there instead of Trubisky for Allen Robinson will be for a big enough bo- for a big enough boost. Well, for I think he'll be games. out there. I think he'll be out there for most of the games. But poor Allen Robinson, who's had to deal with Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> yeah. I think Foles will be a, a delight. Foles, I don't know. Like that's a bummer, dude. Get hey, it. remember when Foles was out there before he broke everything? What was his first pass? Was that bomb to DJ Chark? And everyone's yeah. like, "Yes, this is going to be amazing." And I'm then, just saying, I can see it. There's they, something there with Allen Robinson. There's something there. Do seven touchdowns in one game before. <laughs> I've thrown four touchdowns in one game. We got it. up, boys. Yeah, uh, tight ends. This is going to be real quick because this is not. This is really out of the box, but I do love Nick's pick. Uh, who is my pick? I kind of Alan Potter. I can't remember mine either. I picked Nick Potter because of the one reason here. If Zach Ertz gets injured week one, Goddard is the automatic number one tight end. I don't think Goddard's the number one tight end while Zach Ertz is there. For this, for this to play out. We would need, and I hope this doesn't happen because Zach Ertz is awesome and he's a great dude. Uh, his wife is awesome. Like, both of them are just killer. But I'm just trying to think out of the – but honestly, it's none. No, the answer is none. You're either yeah. Andrews, George Kittle, or Travis Kelsey. That's your number one tight end. There is no one else that could possibly be it. Nobody. You but, know what there could be, though? What if one of the Rams guys went down? They made some crazy noise down the stretch. I don't expect it. We already talked about why. But, yeah. man, they were amazing. It would have to be Higby, yeah. though. Higby isn't used in the passing game like Higby. Yeah. Like, yeah, if, ever, if ever it were to go down, though, I mean, no, I'm not, be- not wishing that on you, buddy. Good right. luck. <laughs> on Zach Ertz. But if, just if Ertz goes down, Dallas Goddard all of a sudden becomes tight end, you know, up in that top top tier of tight end category. So trying to get out. I was going to say, like, Eric Ebron. I was no. going to say, like uh, – Who did uh, I say? I can't even remember. Evan Ingram. I think that was good. Oh, Evan one. Ingram. I think you have to explain mine. We're low on time. If I he's think healthy. Both picks are really good uh, picks for tight end position. Mine is Jack Doyle. I just went because Rivers love throwing touchdowns to tight ends. But I think your situation, I don't think these can be top ones, as you said, Nick. But I think they are candidates to finish top five if everything works out. If Ertz goes down, Goddard is a top five. Evan Ingram, I do think he's going to be a top five. And I think Jack Doyle, if everything works out, could potentially be a top six or seven. I don't think he's going to be that much better. But I know we're running out of time. I would like to thank both y'all for joining in here today and everybody in the chat. Thank you so much for joining and listening in on uh, Google Podcast, Apple, um, uh, Spotify, Google, Beaker, anchor csdfantasy.com or the youtube channel everywhere thank you all so much for joining me here it's always a true pleasure check out csdfantasy.com for the latest tight end articles and the latest head-to-head video on the youtube channel with carson wentz versus dak prescott this weekend will be aaron Rodgers versus ben rotlisberger but for the fantasy rabbit hole signing off is nick faber matt williams and csd fantasy Till next time. That was our show. That was our show.